Good morning, North America. Welcome to Church Talk TV, lively talk about life, church, and church life. I'm your co-host, Dr. Bill Tenney Britton, and I'm joined as usual by my co-host, Dr. Chris Tenney Britton, and we're broadcasting from our studio in Columbia, Missouri, the heartland of America. Say good morning, Chris. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Oh, there we go. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Hey, there you are. All right. Kind of, kind of sliding in the studio just under the wire there, young lady. <laughs> I am, but I had a good reason. It's because today, well, hey, good morning. We're so glad you're here joining us today. And I just need to catch my breath. We're yeah, gonna... I was going to say, it's kind of a jog from my studio to your studio. It it's is. Not, like it's across the room. <laughs> it's not across the room. It's up 12 well, It's not like it's, it's, not like oh, it's no, across I the know. room. Across right. the house, down 12 stairs, up those stairs. And those of you yeah. who know, know that 12 stairs can be quite challenging for some of us. Anyways, yeah, today we're going to be talking about something um, we call the TB, hierarchy of, of congregational needs. And well, I call I, it the congregational hierarchy of needs. And yes, the, T, the, the Chris TB came up with it and worked it. But it that makes that at least is more descriptive than TB because our hierarchy needs matches Maslow's a whole lot better than the church. <laughs> well, maybe. Okay. So anyways, I had to go take him a copy of it because he could not find his. Good morning, husband. Any, any of, of welcome? I, I, we've been welcoming for uh, right four and a half minutes now at this point. So <laughs> it's time to, time to dig in and talk about, hey, listen, church, pastors, uh, you know, here's the reality is that the uh, numbers pre-COVID and post-COVID, um, they, they didn't get better. Let's just say that. And although the, the reality is we have seen a um, an uptick of the number of first-time visitors in a number of churches, yes. not all the churches, but some churches, um, that the, the number that it used to be 85% of all churches in the U.S. were on a plateau or in decline, um, those numbers have not got better, and it's probably closer to between 87 and 90 percent of churches are in decline or on a plateau. And if you're on a plateau, the truth is you're in decline. You just have begun losing members and because you're not gaining enough to replace. And, and so uh, when that's the case, so often we get stuck in the, um, in the whole world of uh, just trying to hang on. If we could just hang on because, well, there's lots of reasons why we, quote, hang on. We try to survive. Um, in most cases, it's not so that we can pool our resources, leverage them, invest them so that we can grow, but it's so that we just don't die because, you know, there's no dignity in dying. There, there ought to be, but there tends not to be. And so uh, in today's episode, we really want to work talking about moving from the, uh, the the survival mode and what that looks like yeah. and getting you up to the thriving mode and what right. that looks like and some of the steps you have to go through to get there. Right. Okay. So I want to add to what you're saying too, is that COVID is the current scapegoat, right? I mean, we've oh, had yeah, all along, right? I mean, if for a while it was, we don't understand boomers, let's get all you know caught up on boomers. And then it was millennials and then Gen X. I mean, there's always, now it's Gen Z and, and then COVID hits us. I mean, it's always, there's always a scapegoat, a, a reason for why we're not 
for why we're not growing. And it's never about the church that has totally not done anything helpful or right. different to reach the community and make disciples of Jesus. Right. Yeah, but right. It, it's always something else. Yeah, I mean, and, but it's, and it's more than that, right? Because a lot of churches say, yeah, we're going to reach other people. And they do that through mission and missioning and, and whatnot, doing, you know, spent sending good money out and, and uh, maybe going down and helping out, you know, at the food pantries every so often, which is awesome, which is great, but there's the rest of that. So, so what we want yeah, to do. That doesn't, a lot, none of that translates into disciples of Jesus. It's, it's mm -hmm. good stuff to do, right? but you know, and the, the bottom line is, again, we end up doing mission, uh, missional stuff, instead of focusing on the mission, which is making disciples. We do good works, but don't make disciples. And there was a, once upon a time, there was this understanding that if we did good things, people would flood to the church right. and it never happened. Right. It's not happening now. Right. It's not going to start happening, people. We're going to have to do things differently, which puts us into survival mode because by and large, most churches don't want to do things differently. 1954 is coming back. You just watch. Okay, and 1962 and, and all that other stuff, 1980, right? 1980, 1990, yeah. Yep. Well, yeah, really. 2019. I mean, 1990 and, you know, in, in 2000, they haven't left us, right? I mean, we're, we haven't left them, them, if you will. I, I do want to disagree and say that there was a time. Uh, there were times when you did good works out there in public and people would say, oh, look at the church. Now, they might not come flooding in because there's more to that, but they could identify it with the everybody and then some is doing good works and quite honestly a lot of our church folk and I, i'm going to speak to some of you pastors out there you're doing more time with the kiwanas or the lions or the rotary club and doing doing ministry programming good works through them rather than through your church and i've heard over and over again our ministers say well that's because my church isn't doing anything well hello you <laughs> know what's that about uh, Which you're the leader lead <laughs> So uh, I want to, yes, yeah, oh my gosh, we spent, I mean, what we moved into a town where we had other ministers inviting us to Kiwanis and another one where they were inviting us to the Lions, and I just kept thinking, I mean, I wonder how many folks you invite to come to those places, any, okay, wait, I'm on a tangent, here we go. Church, so, right. Right, yeah, exactly, we, it's easier to invite people to our social clubs than it is, or service clubs, civic clubs, to be kind about it. Okay, but that's, I, I don't want to get any farther into that, further into that. Where I want to take us is to think in terms of these hierarchy of needs and 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 to say there are a lot of reasons our churches aren't growing and that in, in um, and aren't healthy, aren't effective, aren't sustainable. I mean, right now, sustainability is this huge part with peace with me that, that uh, you know, people can talk about oh, we're effective, right? We're doing this. Well, I can take you beyond effectiveness and let's talk about your sustainability. Where are you going to be in 10 years? I can look at your trajectory. You can do it too, William, right? We can look at your, we can look at your figures for the last 10 years and 20 years is even more telling. We can tell you when your church is going to die or not, right? So when your church is going to suck up the local churches that just died, there it is. Uh, okay, so so I, I built this pyramid based on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. 
And Abraham Maslow back in, I think the 50s, uh, 60s, uh, put together what he called a hierarchy of needs. And, uh, and it's a, a pyramid. And uh, the goal, if you will, is what he called self-actualization. And in Christian language, it's being all created God, uh, all God created us to be is how- Reaching your potential, reaching your full God-given potential. God-given potential. There it is. Okay, so so what Maslow says is at the very bottom of that pyramid, and and it's actually the biggest, widest layer is uh, our survival needs, physiological. If you're going to grow, if you're going to you know grow into all God's created you to be, go ahead. Hang on, before you go there, I want to just bit that the whole thing for those who are not really familiar with Maslow is that to get the self-actualization, all the bottom pieces have to be in place. Okay, you can't start at the top. You have to start at the bottom and work your way, work your way up. And so, so the the hierarchy of needs is bottom first, next, next, next. There's five of them. Um, and and so now now we're on board. Bottom part we have to have before we go anywhere else, and that's the survival needs. And you were saying. Oh, yes. So oxygen, food, water, shelter, sleep, health. Okay. And then on, then the next layer is safety and security. You have to feel safe, you know, physically safe, economically safe, safe within your resources. So uh, living in a safe neighborhood. So safety and security needs. Then the third level is love and belonging that you have friendships, uh, family, however you define family, uh, that, that you, uh, that you feel accepted and, um, affection that you're part of a group um and then your esteem needs self-esteem confidence achievement respect of others respect from others those esteem needs and that when those pieces are placed your survival needs your safety security your love and belonging and then your self-esteem is in place you can be all god's created you to be and do what jesus wants you to do right and in, and in maslow's world that means an appreciation for the arts and you know leisure time and um uh, uh, giving of yourself to others um philanthropy and so on that happens at that very top i can't make a pyramid very well um i can do a heart there we are at the very very top of the of the pyramid you know but that can't happen until you have your survival needs, safety and security needs, love and belonging, and you have to feel good about yourself, your self-esteem needs before you can overflow in in giving and appreciating. And I mean, really appreciating, right? We enjoy going to the art museum, even if, you know, someone gives us a ticket and we're ba barely surviving. Um, we still enjoy that, but we can't enjoy it or participate in it fully if we're not in the self-actualization stage. So, so on, that's, that's what Maslow says. And then, then Chris really came up with this, this congregational hierarchy of needs, which matches Maslow. It starts with the foundation and works its way up and it works the same way. You gotta have the bottom ones to get to the top, yeah. and which is survival to thriving or reaching your full potential as a congregation. Right. And so what I, I want to say, we're going to read over these. We could do, take each one of us could take one. Uh, and I want you to see where you hear your church being. Right. So I'll start with survival. You know, it, we can, do, do, we can do the quarterly thing like we do in Sunday school. We just uh, you read the first paragraph. I read, so you wrote this. We'll let you do your thing. And I'll and I'll and I'll interject questions and and, and push back where I don't agree because, you know, we don't ever agree on anything. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> 
All right, survival. So um, your mortgage, it's easy to pay your mortgage and rent. You're not behind on your mortgage or rent of your building. Salaries are in place. Building maintenance, you're taking care of building maintenance. You've got the monies to, to be able to do the building maintenance. Repairs, you don't have any repairs that, uh, what is it, deferred repairs. Um, deferred maintenance. I know it's maintenance, but I, you know, I'm watching churches that have deferred repairs, you know, yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're beyond, they're, yeah, they're, they're beyond maintenance. It's now the water heater hasn't worked for three years, but by golly, we can do with cold water. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was a church we visited that one time and the, the toilet wasn't working. And so they, like it could flush, but you couldn't put toilet paper in. So they put the toilet paper in the waste basket and it smells all right moving on moving on moving on not to leave okay all right so uh <laughs> capital improvements you know you're hopefully putting a little bit or you know if your roof is leaking you're able to put on a new roof or uh, a furnace uh, as william said and um and in survival mode there we watch with churches there's a desire for more children like more younger adults you know, right. I mean, and we're in a survival mode. It's not just about the building. Okay. I mean, let's be honest. It's a survival mode. Um, in, in, um, really is it, it's, it, do you have a place to be? And, um, it is a safe place to be, but it's not, I mean, you could, you can be in survival mode doing house church and meeting from home to home or at a restaurant or whatever. It, it's, the base, you know, do, do we have a leader to preach? Do we have a, or to lead? Because um, in the house church, you don't have preaching generally right. um, and so on and so forth. So, you know, it's the base, but, but a church that's stuck in survival mode is it, it, when we talk about survival mode, often we're not talking just the, the, the bottom layer, but the bottom two layers, because there's another piece that you're going to talk about safety and security momentarily. And churches that are in survival mode may have a, a building that's in okay shape, but they they have other issues that put them into the survival mode. Okay, so I, go ahead, go ahead and say what safety and security is. Well, safety and security is about is economics. I mean, that's the the it, it's you get your physical building, but it really comes down to economics and resources. You know, do you have enough people to be able to pull off? Now, to be fair. Um, when Jesus said two or three are, you know, gathered in my name, there I am. Uh, if you have a, a church of two or three people, then, you know, you have to act like a church of two or three people. The problem is when we have a church of 12, they very often want to act as if they're a church of 100. And so they want, they want to, you know, have 12 people and they want to have worship. They want to have a praise band um, or, you know, or a choir. They, they want to have Sunday school. They want to have small groups. They want to do mission. Well, 12 people can't do all that, you know, plus they want to have a, a monthly board meeting and weekly Bible studies and all the rest. People, there's 12 of you, okay? You can only do so much. Um, you only have the resources to do so much. You're burning everyone out, and you're you're never going to get to 15, let alone 100, if you try to pretend or act as if you're 100 in terms of programming. You have to back down and to be excellent at what you can be, and then expand from there. But when you have limited resources, you end up, you know, whether it's financial or people, you end up in in a it's safety and um, security, but also really in survival mode. 
Well, yeah, I mean, it erases your, it erases your confidence as a congregation. I mean, on, when we go to smaller churches, we'll hear, oh my gosh, the same people do things. I mean, it's, it's the book, really. We're going to get that book done by the end of the year, the book. I mean, we hear the same thing verbatim. There are just these statements that churches will make verbatim. And, you know, where I'm at the place of saying, look at page 56 in the book and you will find it there and some some textbook textbook it's not just the book it's textbook textbook it's been so long this is a textbook issue you know the tech churches that are at 12 to 20 or 25 they're again they're trying to do way too much they're exhausted and yeah i'm gonna make it bigger i mean churches that are 50 and 75 and unfortunately so many of them right i mean so many of them are built on churches uh, when they were a larger size, and right. so yeah, I mean, and that's, that's a problem. Two hundred, you have two hundred worship, right? Yeah, if you have two hundred worship and you're trying to pretend you're a five hundred average worship right. attendance church, you got right. the same problem. Right. You know, when you grow up, you add. The problem is, is when we grow down, we don't tend to subtract. Churches are notoriously bad at stopping ministry right. because well, we've always done it, so we must do it. And so, as you say, people wear fourteen hats. They're exhausted. They're not giving really their full attention to any one thing. So everything is kind of mediocre um, and it's not their fault. They're trying to do everything. It's the fault of leadership saying, I know this is unpopular, but we're gonna stop this. We're gonna stop this because we're not good at it anymore. And we're gonna be really good at the things we can be good given the size that we are. And again, whether that's a thousand or 10,000 or 12 member churches, anywhere in between, if you're acting as if you're, you know, a larger church in terms of the programming you're trying to pull off, then, you know, you're, you're going to be exhausted. You're, you're going to be in this survival mode because you're just trying to hang on to what you got. Okay. So I do have to disagree slightly because we do have to minister as if, but we minister as if to the future, not to the past. Does that make some sense? We tend to be, and particularly churches that are in survival mode and even safety and security, we we work from the past. And so we're not geared, we're not doing ministry, just like what you're saying. But we still have to, if we're committed to being a church, like you know, a church that's different than where we are, then we have to tune tune for that. that, right? that a, yeah, and, and I'm you're talking about being intentional about mo- moving ministry forward. Right. And I'm, and I'm talking about stopping what we did because it's what we've always done. So, yeah, I mean, I, not, no right. argument there. And, and, as if, and that's, I just want right. to clarify the as yeah. if. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Absolutely. yeah. Okay. So there's another part though with safety and security. And that is your, your church was once in the middle of a thriving community and now your community is crying you know, crime riddled. It's really, it's not exactly safe. People don't feel safe coming out at night. That's a safety and security issue, right? So, I mean, it can literally be, uh, it it literally can be um, that security or that safety. Um, Because if the community feels that way, then visitors don't come because we don't go to that part of the neighborhood, you know? Right. And now here's a dynamic that can happen. If a, um, say a tornado comes through your town, right? Then whatever happens, it may knock you back into the safety and security. And it also, all of this depends uh, as well on the individuals 
who are in who are in your community, right, or in your church. There, uh, uh, one church I I worked with, the chair of the board worked at. I don't know, I think a convenience store, something like that. And there had been a robbery over there and the convenience store was maybe a block. So for her, everything was yanked into safety and security. And she wasn't taking care of her own personal pieces around that and getting the care she needed. And that then was bleeding over into the church. So you can see, and that's a big deal, right? We have to keep in mind where our people are. And and all of this is to say, we have to help them to, to help them move along and you can't be preaching every Sunday or teaching every every week well you got to. we need to be doing this we need to be out there because if this stuff isn't here it's not going to happen and we've got to we've got to help people move forward right so do you want to take the third layer love and belong no, you're doing okay <laughs> We're not doing the, I'm not doing the Sunday school quarterly thing where I read one paragraph and you read another paragraph okay yeah, so, no. all right. that, that's an old school model of education which doesn't work it didn't work and hasn't worked okay <laughs> anyways love and belonging survival security and safety and then love and belonging welcome uh acceptance inclusion friendships affections uh <laughs> i've got sunday school bible study small group participation um that that people are feeling welcome they are feeling included they don't have to fight their ways into the church um, well, you know, one thing, just about, jump back to safety and security, your bullies make it unsafe and un um, unsafe yeah. as a place. It changes yeah. culture. So if you have bullies, you before you can get to love and belonging, you have to deal with your bullies. Um, if you have church bullies who make it unsafe to bring uh, conversation to the board about some new ministry or an idea, or the, you know, we're not doing that, whatever. And then, you know, that's a safety and security issue. You have to deal with those before you get into love and belonging, because you're not going to have safe and secure groups. People aren't going to feel, you know, I, I often say, and, and we, we talk about this on a fairly regular basis when we do consultations, is that your visitors have a heightened sense of culture, um, the, the church culture, the church environment, the church climate, if you will, than you do. And they walk in, if there's conflict, unresolved conflict, if you've got a bully there that people are kind of tiptoeing around, they sense that you're kind of used to it because you've been that way all along. But they go in, they go, ooh, I, no, I'm not, no. Um, and they, they kind of, they won't invest because it, they, they feel that it's not a safe place. If you have a bully, you know, you got to deal with the bully. And um, if you're going to move into love and belonging, because you'll never get there if it's not a safe place to be. So I, I want to say, too, though, that some of the people who come in there and, and some of them leave, right, because of conflict, some of them stay because their codependent is all get out. So either way, you don't want that. You don't want them to leave. Those are the healthier people. And, and you don't want the ones who stay because those are, quite honestly, you know, they, well, they want to fix it, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, for whatever for whatever reason, um, you know, when we did the mainline evangelism study a number of years ago, uh, one of the top reasons that people came back, I mean, within the top two, was that they felt like they were accepted and included. So from the very start, and and I'm still convinced that a lot of people do not invite friends to come to church with them because they themselves, they, the member, um, uh, they don't feel included in in some way or or you know even welcomed so uh love and belonging then then the fourth 
fourth tier, if you will, is self-esteem. That's about leader development, evangelism, shepherds, lay ministers, Stephen ministry. That's where you're going to see uh, self-esteem, where people are, uh, are wanting, not just willing, are wanting to step up into leadership, but, but not just into leadership. This is developing. They want to develop their leader uh, leadership capacities. Go this ahead. is where the church feels good about itself. It, yeah. You know, up until this point, you know, you may love your church, you may love your people. You know, you talked about the mainline evangelism study. One of the things I remember that that when you did interviews, some of the people said, "I can't invite my friends because they wouldn't get it. They 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 they, they wouldn't enjoy it. They don't. They wouldn't like what we're doing. They wouldn't understand. A lot of times, though, they wouldn't understand what we're doing. And so, you know, there's a lack of self esteem about the church at that point. When when you're in the self esteem level, uh, you know, you feel good about your church. The congregation, by and large, feels really good. They that that. Your members who have not been inviting for whatever reason, uh, because they've invited everybody they know 14 times and those who have said yes are there and those who said no aren't and those who said yes and came go, yeah, no, not for me. So they're not inviting anybody. But when you get that self-esteem, they, they, they just can't help it. They're standing in the grocery line inviting people because they love their church. They love what's going on. They love the transformations they're seeing going on there. Um, and so when you're in self-esteem mode, you're you're in a growth mode. You've moved away from survival and into into thriving or beginning to move into thriving because that's this is really where thriving begins to kick off. Just like the bottom two levels are about survival, the top two levels are about thriving because that's when momentum begins and excitement lives are being transformed people are talking about it the church is beginning to get a reputation which is of course i think the next level take it away young lady <laughs> oh you were saying the next level so tell me what you mean by that pick it oh, up well, well, i mean when when you're self-actualizing when you get to the very top then that's that's really there's, there's a lot of things in but you're you're a missioning church you're out there doing missioning and changing and transforming and all the rest but it's also when your church begins to have a positive reputation to community it's like when i was at um i did a consultation with the church and I, i'll try to make this really short because we're almost out of time um i went to a hardy's on sunday morning across the street from the church and i told the i told the, as i was going through the line i said hey listen i'm thinking about going to that church over there i pointed the church i was i was doing the consulting with um what can you tell me about it and the the counter guy looks out at the church says nothing i know nothing about it the manager who was back cooking, there was only two staff people. He came out and, he's, he, and uh, he said, that church, he says, are they still open? And then <laughs> both of them chimed in and started talking about this church on the hill. I don't remember the name of the church, but it was a church on the hill. And it was the local big box church. And they, they were gushing about how one of the music was and the great preaching and all the rest. And so I said, wow, how long have you been going there? Neither of them had ever set foot in the church ever. One had a girlfriend who had gone, but they'd never been there. But the church's reputation was so good that here are unchurched persons saying, go there, don't go there. That church had reached this self-actualization. This They had a church rep, a reputation in the community that was stellar, whereas the other church was in survival mode. And no, even, no one even knew they were alive. Go on, okay. Chris. Well, yeah, I want to say this is not size-dependent. Okay. No, no, of course not. No, no, no. It's about okay. reputation. We've There's some small churches. churches. The house churches are at that missioning level five, right? But and right. We, absolutely we see churches in our own community that you know the larger largest churches. There are a couple that you could that you could uh, 
compare. And one of them, I can't say what they are on air, but you know, one of them is completely a missioning church. And the other one wasn't. I mean, it 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 imploded, quite honestly, and now it's no longer one of those. But the all the and in fact, it imploded when the pastor went down and was uh, was really screwing up at, at level three, love and belonging. And then the church could no longer, you know, um, trust their pastor. So the church then as word of that and the pastor left, they were, they sunk into safety and security. Yep, they've been yep, so large, right. They'd been so large that they could no longer uh, maintain their, their staffing instruction or, you know, uh, structure. So then they ended up in survival mode, which is where they still are. And they're having trouble getting over it. So I want to say to you who are pastors out there and leaders in your church, your problem with growth come back and look at these hierarchies and particularly the hierarchy of congregational needs and ask where's our church and then how can we move them move them up if you will uh knowing that we go back and forth you know we can jump back and forth so we always have to maintain yeah i know zip 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 um moving uh so we want to move forward right and circumstances may be beyond you that you can't change everything but right. you can change the culture of the church a little right. bit at a time, begin moving. And so if you're in survival, you know, begin working on and moving up because you'll you, because there'll be a to move from survive to thrive. It's hard work. Right. It's hard work. But understanding what the path is allows you to look for the tools that will that you can use to to move forward. Okay, and you yourself as a leader or pastor, you may be in survival mode. So just remember, it's hard to help help the church move forward if you're stuck in survival mode, because goodness knows, stuck in safety, security, and survival mode, that rules our life, right? I mean, they completely rule our lives, and that does not allow us then to build a healthy congregation. That's what we do at Effective Church Group, right? I mean, that's what we're about. We're helping. We can help your church with uh, with diagnosis, if you will, with moving forward. Pastors, leaders, we've got the resources to be able to help you uh, move your church ahead. And goodness knows your congregation, the big T, big C church, that church and the kingdom depend on us and what we can do. Right. So I think we are out of time unless We're you out have time. words. All right. Nope. Thank you. Great to see nope. you. Thanks for being here. We'll see you. Bye bye. Next week. Bye-bye.